You're now listening to Popcorn Nap, the only cult of pop culture. What is up, people? Welcome back to Popcorn Nap, the podcast where you can find the latest and greatest content creators in pop culture and also listen to some really cool conversations on guess what? Pop culture. Today I was joined by I Mean from the Pop Cultures Podcast, and this episode was dedicated to getting to know him and what his podcast is all about. We also had some really cool conversations on Disney remakes, uh, the new Witcher series that's hitting Netflix pretty soon, and also some underrated video games. So this is going to be a fun episode for you guys to check out. And if you guys are new, welcome. And if you guys are regular listeners to the pod, welcome back. And if you guys do want to keep supporting the channel or the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you get your pods at and make sure you like and comment and all that good stuff. And we will highly appreciate it. But with no further ado, let's get to the pod. Boom, and we're live. I mean, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, I've been excited to talk to you, man. You have such an interesting pod. Um, before we get into the conversation, I would love for you to explain what exactly is Pop Cultist to the listeners. Uh, the Pop Cultist podcast is a podcast where I kind of talk about um, pop, many things under pop culture, be it anime, comics. TV shows, movies, mostly video games, but yeah, I, I try to do a bit of a deep dive into many subjects under these, uh, you know, topics. You have a very wonderful like narrative voice. I must admit, <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got listen to this on like the, on my ride home. It's just like very chilling. When did you decide that you wanted to get into podcasting? Is there anything that inspired you to uh, get into the biz? Um, it's a two pronged answer actually. Uh, first, I kind of wanted to get into voiceover, um, and that kind of led me into the world of podcasting. But the thing that kind of gave me my push was my girlfriend, who I keep ranting about these, uh, you know, video games or movies. Like if I see something that kind of irks me or like something that kind of picks at my brain, she's the first person I go and rant to. And then she was like, you know, you should just record that and put that out there, you know. That's awesome. You got a good support system. <laughs> I like yeah. you guys have been together. Uh, uh, we've been together about a year now. Sweet, man. Sweet. Um, and you said you got, uh, you're from Malaysia, right? What time is it over there? Uh, it's uh, midnight. I'm living in Malaysia, but I'm actually from Bangladesh. But I'm half Somali, half Bengali. Okay. How'd you end up in uh, Malaysia? Uh, I, I came here to study for my bachelor's. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's probably a wonderful experience. How's uh, how's life over there? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, this place, I guess, would be perfect. What you'd say is perfectly situated in the second world. So it's like I come from Bangladesh where it's not exactly uh, developed completely other than certain areas. And, you know, it doesn't feel too jarring as going to the States. So and But it also doesn't feel like too at home, if you understand what I mean. It's, no. it's this perfect middle ground. Yeah, I, I, I completely see where you're coming from. Uh, I travel a little bit. I've been to uh, Thailand and I've mm-hmm. uh, been to uh, Mexico. And they're not exactly like, you know, first world countries, but they're beautiful countries. And uh, it's a really cool, interesting experience uh, diving into that culture. So uh, congrats to you, man. Um, what are you studying in uh, bachelor's, if you don't mind me asking? I, I graduated uh, doing uh, broadcasting and journalism. Oh sweet! So you're all yeah. you're like all about it, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
It's funny you mentioned Thailand because my girlfriend is actually from Thailand. Oh, sweet. Swati. <laughs> yeah. I know a couple of words in Thai, in, uh, Thai but uh, back to your podcast. Um, so how long have you been uh, doing your episodes? You're, what, six episodes in so far? Yeah, uh, I, I've been doing it about, I guess, eight months. But I, I've been having like breaks in between because I've been trying to figure out the perfect structure to um, say the points that I want to. So I first tried, you know, talking points and just letting it go. Then I've been trying trying to like do a script and taking it down and trying to be more precise with what I want to say instead of like, uh, like sort of having a large focus on a topic to find these tiny theses and expand on that a bit more. So, uh, yeah, that's been uh, like I've been doing it for eight months, but I've been mostly trying to refine what I want to the podcast to be. OK. And yeah. uh, right now, I noticed that your podcast is a solo podcast. Um, do you plan on having guests on in the future or do you kind of like just like being uh, the lone the lone show? Uh, the guesting, I'd love to have a guest if I can figure out a segment for it. And also, mostly the problem is timing. Otherwise, I would even love to have a co-host. Yeah, I know? got you because of the time yeah. zone. I got you. Yeah. Completely. Um, like you said, you uh, dive deep into each topic and subjects and find thesis within these subjects. Um, how do you decide dissecting? like a video game or a movie, like how do you go about finding it? Is it just like you're playing it, you're like, okay, this is my thesis, this is my focus point, I want to discuss this. What's your thought process? Um, usually it just comes when while I'm going through that thing or maybe after it, like when I'm taking the time to think about it or maybe I see somebody else's uh, like thoughts on it. Because if you go through my YouTube history, it's mostly MMA fights and, uh, you know, uh, video game analysis or movie analysis. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I try to uh, see, try to see past the text and try to look into what the, like, if it's like a video game, I try to see what they're trying to say from the gameplay perspective, from the narrative and everything like that, and try to see, is there more to it than I'm, that I that I'm initially taking in, but the that process has happened subconscious, and usually it comes from a place of frustration or confusion, or there's so, something that just <laughs> leaves me like it picking up my brain, and then I go on from there and try to make it into a fully formed thought. Keep, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, man. I love it. Um, I noticed that a lot of your content is uh, pop culture driven. Have you always been into pop culture, or just something that you just grew into over time? Um, I guess I've always been in it because I remember playing like the Jungle Book on the, you know, Sega Genesis. And my dad kept playing that thing when I was four. He kept playing the movie and we were always enamored by Disney and things like that. And we, me and my siblings, we always, you know, we were always around the TV. So it kind of happened. Uh, I mean, we were all, I was always having my foot like uh toes dipped in it but i was never fully in it till i met a few acquaintances who kind of uh showed me a side of pop culture that wasn't just surface level like i my my older brother's friends 
they used to come and they used to discuss, uh, you know, this and that about these video games. And, uh, you know, 12 year old me is just looking at them, like wondering, like, why am I so stupid? Why, why did I figure that out? And just being around them and like this kind of osmosis of ideas kind of helped it. And it was it was nice to be around people who were smart but didn't make other people feel dumb. And they kind of helped me see these kinds of intricacies in the in the art. So you're like a you're like the curious kid that was always like, why, why, what's this, what's that? So that's really cool. Um, reflecting back on what you said about Disney, are you like uh, into the remakes that they're doing right now, or are you kind of like just keep the originals, the originals? Can I swear on the podcast? Go for it. Fuck no. <laughs> it's it's uh, the problem I have with it is that I don't care if things are ca- cash grab because that is a part of the uh, the service that we're getting right. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when you hear about the productions of the older Disney, you hear these people genuinely coming into Disney with good ideas and like there's honest intent other than Hercules. All of them were genuine. Uh, attempts at trying to make art make passionate art that would bring in lots and lots of money and it you see that also in um in their marvel that it's even though it's definitely they're trying to get as much money out of people as possible there's a genuine attempt a genuine passion from these people who are involved but you don't see any of that in these remakes and they're they feel lazy yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Like when they first started, uh, announced that they were going to start doing the live remakes, I was kind of excited to be honest. Um, and one of my faves, I believe, it was the second release or the third, was the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, like you say, you grew up watching the Jungle Book. I grew up watching the Jungle Book, and I think we're in a state and culture that we're just dying for nostalgia, and it's kind of weird. Like nobody wants to live in the present anymore. We're dying for like retro looks. We're dying for you know, remakes. It's like nobody wants to really live in the present right now. And they're capitalizing on it. Like you said, it's the cash grab. And um, the first few projects, they felt like they did have a little bit of heart in it right now. But mm. as of late, it's just like you said, it just feels lazy. Um, the Lion King just came out or just came out. And I thought it was thought it was a decent movie. Seemed kind of weird, though. It's not technically live action. I don't know why they're trying to, like, push the whole live action. It's just, like, super realistic CG uh, or CGI. And uh, it was enjoyable. But, uh, I mean, it's just it just doesn't feel right to me. And uh, I love Disney. I'm an uh, annual pass holder. And uh, I just got into the whole conspiracy about, you ever heard about Kimba? Kimba, oh, the white lion? Yes, bro. That, like, yeah, really, yeah. like, killed my whole, like... And I've always heard the story around, and I've never really wanted to deep uh, dive deep <laughs> into it because I'm such a, you know, like a... I want to say a Disney stan. I would say I'm a huge fan of Disney. But just seeing that was just so distasteful, man. It just it just didn't make... Give me a good feeling after watching that Lion King. But, uh... Yeah, I'm totally there with you on the, uh, on the live remix. Um... Since you are into the, you know, like pop culture and, you know, video games, um, is there any like video games or uh, movies that you recommend people checking out that isn't, uh, you know, talked about that much? Hmm. Uh, how much time do you have? Go for it, man. It's all about you and get to know you, man. Go for it. Um, 
I, I guess like the thing is that um, I I can't say it off the top of my head, but I know that there are some games that I feel were quite underrated, even though they were very critically acclaimed. They weren't. Uh, there wasn't a lot of you know audience uh, feedback, or they didn't really appreciate it. Uh, one game that left uh, kind of led also led me down this rabbit hole of trying to analyze things deeper was um, uh, Far Cry 3. Okay. I, I, I know that a lot of people thought that Far Cry 2 was a lot better, and I do agree. In retrospect, it was, it was a more intense experience, but Far Cry 3 stood out to me because yeah, unlike Far Cry 2, which kind of told um, quite a bleak but shallow narrative, like it wasn't really, it didn't dive deep into the topics that they were ta- talking about. They were showing it to you, which is really good, which rarely happens in games. They don't usually have that ludo-narrative cohesion, which is like gameplay plus the story that they're telling and that working together. Um, Far Cry 3 had this story of um, personal identity, like trying to figure out who and, or more importantly, what you are, you know, and it's this strange coming-of-age story that really kind of resonated for me at the time so much that I actually got the tattoo on my arm. Oh, sweet. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so is that your favorite genre for gaming, role-playing games? Um, I can't say that I have a favorite genre because it kind of depends on my mood because sometimes I'll be in, in like... I'll be playing a JRPG for 100 hours or then I'll play like a, a platformer just to cleanse my palate or to play like a, <laughs> I did know, the exact uh, same thing, man. That's so yeah. crazy. Like, I can't say I have a favorite genre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after I beat Red Dead Redemption 2, I was like, I just need a break. But <laughs> guess what my break was? What? The Witcher 3, bro. Like, I just went from world to world. Have you ever played The Witcher 3? How- how is that a break, man? You're you're Bro. just jumping from one piece <laughs> into the other. I was so tired at the end of it. Like I, I bought the uh the expansion pack that came with both. I think it's like Blood and Wine and the other one was something. Mm-hmm. But uh Heart of Stone. Yeah, Heart of Stone. I couldn't even beat Heart of Stone. I was so burnt out, man. Like I'm just like, you know what? I beat Blood and Wine, I beat the main story. I'm like, you know what, I just wait. But uh speaking of The Witcher, since we're on the topic, have you seen the trailer for it yet? Uh, the, for uh Netflix, the Netflix series show? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. What'd you think about it? Uh, the thing is that I, what I think is that this, since that the, the writer of the initial Witcher novel is involved in it, it's more for the people who enjoyed the lore of the Witcher. Like, not, uh, not like, um, not to say that people who didn't pl- who played the game didn't enjoy it, but I mean, like somebody was really invested enough to go into the books right after the game. Somebody not like me. But <laughs> for for me, I, I guess it was more of the interactivity of being Geralt and seeing what Henry Cavill is bringing to the table. It's not the Geralt that I know. So I can't say that I would enjoy it. To be honest, the wig kind of looks like shit as well. But, you know, I, I think that it's it's for a certain audience, but it's definitely not for the people who enjoyed the game. And the the writer himself kind of hates the game, so I can understand how that happened. Okay, because I was like watching the trailer, and you know me, I'm like, 
I watch it, then I go on YouTube looking for Easter eggs and all these other YouTubers that dissect everything, just like yourself. And uh, mm. I came across, I think it's like uh, Emergency Awesome. He broke mm. everything down and he uh, said that this is based off the book. And I was kind of bummed about that because I was watching the trailer and I'm like, I don't remember any of these side missions. I don't remember any of these quests. <laughs> and when he said that, I'm like, damn, is this show for gamers or is this sh- is this like just a show for to showcase The Witcher? You know what I mean? And uh, I won't lie. I have high expectations for the show. Um, I want to say I'm a huge fan of Henry Cavill, but uh, I'm, I follow him. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the closest thing that I've seen to a awesome cosplay of Geralt. So I'm looking forward to the show, but I definitely see why you said uh, you weren't really impressed by it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of gaming characters and movie characters, uh, do you have like a favorite character of like movies or gaming of all time? Uh Shit, I I I'm not sure if I could. Uh, it's fine, it, that's so hard, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. such a hard. It's kind of like what's, it's kind of like what's saying like, what's your favorite movie? But yeah. uh, as recently, uh, who has been your favorite character to be, like in the game or in a movie, like recently versus all? Time? Um, I I'd say that recently one that I really loved is uh, John Wick. <laughs> Sweet. And not just because he's Keanu Reeves. I mean, that <laughs> really helps. But I think that like a uh, character like John Wick is really is something else for this generation. Because back in the day, you had your Schwarzeneggers and your Stallone. And they were all these hulking, beefing, you know, um, muscle men who could, you know, like with their 20-inch biceps and... They were these idolized, uh, you know, Ubermensch. And I understand at the time it was something that was needed. But now, like when you see uh, an action hero like John Wick was just using uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu to take down anyone, it, it kind of, it makes it really, uh, I don't know, it, it's pretty, uh, I guess, I guess the word would be like it, he's important to the form of masculinity that's being shown nowadays. Like, it's a bit softer, but it isn't completely lost of its edge. You know, somebody who's vulnerable enough to mourn his wife, mourn his dog, and then go on ventures instead of, like, shooting up a thousand aliens and things like that. Yeah, other than him going on, like, you know, like, shooting sprees, his character is actually more realistic than anything that we grew up watching. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. to achieve a body structure as Keanu Reeves you're pretty much already there, you know what I mean? But just the mindset and, you know, his missions and why he's doing what he's doing is pretty awesome. And uh, mm. I would say it's inspiring as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of John Wick as well, so I'm glad you said that. He's pretty sick. Uh, and Keanu Reeves is just an awesome guy all around. Um, But, yeah, man, it's been fun, man. Uh, I guess we'll wrap the pod up there. Um, Do you want to tell the listeners where to find your pod? Uh, you can find me on anchor.com. You can find me on uh, Spotify. We're on app, uh, like Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Pocket Cast, I believe. We're on almost every platform, thanks to Anchor. <laughs> I just found out about Anchor yeah. from uh, the last guy I talked to. Anchor seems like a really good way to get into podcasting. If you guys are out there listening and you're looking for a way to get into it, Anchor is an awesome way to get into it. Uh, I believe they... You record it and they do like the rest of the stuff after you edit it? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. They uh, you just put it up, and they'll uh, if you set it up, they'll send it to all these sites for you. Sweet. Once again, Ahmed, thank you for so much for joining the pod. I know it's late there. Thanks in Malaysia. for having me. You probably got an early morning. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you get back to what you're doing. Um, once again, I mean, guys, check out Pop Cultist Podcast. Until next time, peace. <laughs>